What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Chad 10 Sports this week. Uh, gonna have our special guest hosts, Nick Jones and Jeremy Hood, back this week. Seeing how Trey and Kurt are still busy boys, Kurt is going to pick up his wife, Allie, from the airport, and Mr. Trey Wynn is really settling into dad mode and going to get a minivan today with his family. So, you know, that's what happens when you get three kids, is you sell the Mazda and you go get a minivan. So, wish that guy luck. Awesome Father's Day weekend this weekend. Uh, got quite a few sports topics to talk about, so sit back and enjoy, guys. Let's hop into the pod. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Feels good to be back so soon. What's up, Chase? Boys. Jeremy. Uh, get the Nick. pleasure. Yeah. Here we are. Back at it again. Uh, like I said in the intro, got some scrubs that are out this week. Uh, Trey bought a minivan today. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so his dadism is like truly official. And Curtis is going to pick up his wife from the airport. She came back from Austin. So who knows how hipster she is now. So... We'll see. From Longhorn country. I've always wanted to go to Austin. I hear it's That's cool. That's what I hear, too. Yeah. Uh, how was the Father's Day, boys? It was fantastic. Played a little bit of golf, you know. Got to watch the U.S. Open. It was a great day. Good food. Good family. Can't beat it. Yeah. We celebrated on Saturday. Had, uh, our families were all going on vacation, so we did Saturday. I grilled some steaks for the dad Ooh. and the whole family. Turned out great. If there was anything over medium, I'm going to be a little upset. Oh, it, it, hey, you don't I, do I've that. I've got it down, boys. I've got it down. Whenever you want a good steak, you just come to the hood household. <laughs> I'm just going to show I'm up. Telling you right now. now, I'm going to show up with like a packet of, of meat. Here. I was going to say, like, if, you, if you just show up, you better bring the steak with you. <laughs> Not paying for that. Yeah, because Nick Jones, this will be uh, your last one without a. Without having the baby there, we'll have to I wish know. you happy Father's Day, man. I know. So. Next year. Next year. Well, what, actually, uh, 14 weeks. So, Dude, that's awesome. Well, um, we are coming at you right after the Bravos game. Another scorching this week. Um, we started out on a hot Monday, 12-3 over the Mets. So we'll hop right into a little Braves talk. Jaren, we've won uh, 10 of the last 11. It's pretty incredible. Yes. It's big times. It, uh, not many times in the recent history can I remember a streak like we're on right now. I just want to keep that going, stay hot. Especially we got uh, Dallas Keuchel coming in here. Pretty excited about that. Really excited just to get um, Gossman out of the lineup. My gosh. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, So, yeah, I think we're, we're getting some good momentum right now. Yeah, man, I, I'm hearing we're gonna we're gonna get the start from Kaiko on Friday. That's, that's what I heard. That's too. rumor. That's what I heard as well. Rumor, the rumor reel's turning, but you never know. Um, Nicholas, I, I know that uh, you had the the Bachelorette tonight, so couldn't couldn't tune in. But I know you boys always kept up during the game. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I I haven't tuned into a game since uh, old Andrew Chipper Greg <laughs> and the boys. We're, uh, we're in their prime, so I can't say that I'm a huge Braves fan, but you know I'll I'll, uh, I'll uh, contribute to what that I can in this uh, segment here. <laughs> I appreciate it, buddy. And I was with Nick. Uh, I was with Nick watching the Bachelorette. I'll be honest, I was following. I know. It's a, hey, man, that's what happens. You guys got wives, and you gotta you gotta make sacrifices. No, so. we just have an excuse to watch it now and it not be weird. We love <laughs> exactly. it too. Yeah, that's true. Hey, man, the the Bachelorette. Like I said, the text message today, man. The Bachelorette. If I, I would get on to you guys if it didn't help us out in Vegas, so <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So we're sitting in second in the NL right now. Um, 
and fifth best in the in the league and definitely the hottest team in baseball. Oh yeah. So this is crazy to see like how hot our bats got Albies and Brian McCann. Yeah. Like multiple times this week they both have home runs. I mean that's our down in line that's our seven and eight hitters that are coming through in multiple games this week. So I mean if our yeah. if our boys at the bottom of the lineup are hitting it and the Ronald and Freddie and Josh can just Relax. It takes the pressure yeah. off of him. My gosh, I, I love the position we're in right now. Yeah, it's a lot of fun baseball to watch. I mean, it's just crazy to see that. I, I was a little worried. I was like, man, there's going to be a fall off this year. People are going to figure us out. Acuna and Albies will kind of taper off just a little bit. I, I knew they were still going to be very good, but I just kind of thought that little, I don't know if you want to even call it a sophomore slump, you know, how long they played. But it's one of those that I was like, ah, maybe we'll slow down, but crazy. Crazy to see that we picked it even more so up than having the pitching struggles we've had. And, but we're working. And that's one thing in the last 10, 11 games, our pitching has been there. Our bullpen's really stepped it up. Um, the one loss did come in a ninth inning blow and save from um, – help me out here, Chase. Uh, uh, what – is his freaking name? You know what? We're we're true friends. I it's, swear. It looks like it might be G Dayton. That no, it's not G Dayton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on a second. Let me go back to Saturday here, and I'll uh, revisit the anger from when we blew it. Yeah, had a shot. Could have swept the Phillies. Luke what Jackson. Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson. My whole family's over here. We're watching it. And I'm bragging on his slider. I'm like, check this thing out. <laughs> and then he freaking blows it in front of my whole family and embarrasses me after I just made some of the best stakes of my life. That a boy. Hey, you can't win them all in one night, I don't guess. You can't. Um, speaking of blowing it, I had to play golf in front of my entire family this weekend. <laughs> and um, I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before on this pod, but my cousin Hunter is a professional golfer. And uh, shout out to Huntman uh, for winning the Tennessee State Open last week, two weeks ago. Um, but he carried us, and my, me and my little brother had to play the Lawrence family and thank goodness that we had it because I was uh, told I was a liability out there. I was, I was, oh, I was gosh. Struggling. It's not Some good. Strong man. words. I was, I was nervous. <laughs> a I liability. Was just, I, thought, I thought it was just going to be me. Ones up. We we're we're not golf carts deep. Uh, cold brews and cigars and all the fun stuff. Family watching me. Have, you guys know my sweaty hands. It was in full force on Sunday. So. <laughs> <laughs> did you hang on to all your clubs? Did you? I sure did. did you wear two gloves in the drive? Uh, no, Travis and I both have sweaty hand disease, so we uh, we held on with the glove, and he wore some tape. So okay. well, I didn't know you were diseased, Chase. I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> Dude, now. I, my goodness, it's, it, it's a it's a part of the process. But uh, I mean, at least we're not as bad as old Sean. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, having sweaty hands is better than taking a 102 mile an hour line drive off the side of the head jesus who stays up he didn't get a concussion did he no he, he some somehow comes away concussion free he brian mccann says he goes out there and the dude stands up and he's like i think i'm fine did you say 102 102 <laughs> first thing it hit was his skull jesus. it bounced off so hard off his head it hit the third base line net and he tried to wow. stay in the game. He was trying to get Snicker to let him stay in the game. And he's <laughs> McCann said, He was trying to uh, go get a Snickers and stay in the game. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Brian McCann said, dude, you, you probably just better stay down for a second. But, like, he's not even going to miss time. That's crazy. That, that, 
I don't know if that's like he's got a strong head or there's not a lot of Like, head. Nick, just remember, yeah. think about when you got hit in the head, how yeah. that was. Tell us about that. Well, you know, I, I guess it was, what, junior year of high school. I got hit in the back of the – it even it hit my helmet. <laughs> so, it hit me in the helmet. And I start, like, walking to what I thought was first base and ended up <laughs> – I was walking back to the dugout and I had multiple teammates kind of directing me to the first baseline, so – I got on first, and I looked across the diamond to try to get the signs, and it, you know, I was just uh, seeing a big blur over there. I was like, "Well, I'm just going to stay here for now." So let's kind of <laughs> walk this out. off a little bit. But, but that was yeah. one of the first things I thought about when I saw that, and you had a helmet on, and then this dude just—I don't know—different breed, I guess. way more of a man than me. Yeah, that's okay. Um, speaking of questionably soft, I'm going to terrible segue into this. Uh, '80s King Ransom this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lakers give up the house for Anthony Davis. Thoughts? Well, I mean, if you're the Lakers, you have to do something while LeBron has still got some prime left. Like you, you have to. You can't be rolling out Ball and Ingram and Hart with LeBron, and then you know going for the eight seed in the West. I mean, you if you're the Lakers, you have to make some sort of move, and this is the move that they that they made and you know, they gave up a ton. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I think that the Pelicans won this trade, but I mean, if you're the Lakers, you're kind of boxing into a corner. You didn't get any free agents. You didn't get Paul George, you know, um, they didn't trade for Kawhi Leonard last year. They, they, they're pretty much Anthony Davis was it, I guess, Kimball Walker. They're, they're looking at bringing him over from Charlotte, but like they had to go after Anthony Davis and they had to give up whatever they had to do. Unless they wanted to trade LeBron, which that's not happening. So, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of box themselves in no corner before making this trade. It reminds me kind of of a classic Jeremy Hood uh, fantasy football trade. Uh, oh, my it gosh. Helps, <laughs> it helps me right now this season and somehow convincing everybody else I'll help them in the years to come. <laughs> <laughs> so, is, so is Ethan the Lakers? Is that what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ethan, but, Ethan is Rob Lincoln. But, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, with without doing this right now, you're just going to miss out on the last three or four good years of LeBron James's. I'm not going to say his prime, but his um, the ability to play at yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The ability to play at a high level. So I mean, it's kind of a no brainer for them. They're playing for a championship in the next two to three years, and it really sets up the Pelicans over the next what they got like the, the next 16 picks or something. Next 16 years, it seems <laughs> yeah. like they have the Lakers' future and their children. Um, it, it, it's crazy because everybody's like this. I can't believe the Lakers gave up this. And then, wow, man, the Pelicans clearly won this. So, but also they have Anthony Davis is top five player in the league. Like when he's playing, you watch his stuff and you see his PER and all that stuff. He's top three, top five of all time. Like, I mean, like his per PER or whatever you, I mean, I know it's one of those crazy stats like war and things like that, but mm-hmm. AD comes out and is top three all time behind Jordan and LeBron and his per. And it's like, man, you are getting, you have two of the best players in the league on the same team. And AD is only 26. I, I mean, I know LeBron's got some, some years and some miles on him and yeah, we can all, we can all see like he's struggling. He's taking some plays off. You know, when you get a little older in the pickup, yeah. you got to take, you got to take some breathing. Absolutely. That's fine, man. We can't play defense, lock down defense the whole time anymore. Play smarter, not harder. Yeah. Um, I but like you, like you said, Jeremy, like the Pelicans have a future and the Lakers were a win now. 
And I think both teams kind of got what they wanted. Maybe the Lakers gave up a little much. What, cause, what about if it's a big conspiracy and AD doesn't sign back with the Lakers and then he ends up signing back with the Pelicans? <laughs> they get all he the stuff. is not going back <laughs> to the Pelicans. He's got about as much chance of going to the Pelicans as he does the Hawks, Chase. Like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Whenever he, re- whenever he comes to the Hawks next year and he and Red Mamba Kevin Herter are cooking up the NBA, watch out. Well, Jake. I mean, if you're the Lakers, so I'm looking at the, the early projections for, you know, the best odds to win the title. And the Lakers right now are at number, have the best odds to win the title in a lot of the biggest yeah. sports books. And it just I just don't get it. Like right now they got like five people on the team. Like, yeah. who, like who is left that they have on their team? I, I mean, I, Lance Stevenson maybe? I don't even know if he's under contract for next season. Mortz, Mortz Wagner, <laughs> Kuzma. Kuzma. And do they still? Who's oh, I didn't the, even think about Kuzma. That's, was was the, Rondo on a one-year deal? I think Rondo was on a yeah, one-year deal. I think you know Javale McGee. You've got uh, Lance Stevenson, which are all frequent flyers oh. on Shaq and a fool. But yeah. <laughs> I, you know they've got LeBron and they've got Anthony Davis. But what can you put around that crew to make you a title contender? Now, I, and if you if you decide to pay Kimball Walker, you know max money. Next year, you who do you have money to pay next year? Like who exactly. are you, else are you getting? And if you think that core is good enough to win you a title, which they, I think they are, but it's not a shoe in to win a title for by no. any means, you know. Yeah, because one of those guys goes down, it's just like you have with the Warriors, man. Like, yeah, you have four great guys, but one of them or two of them go down, you got no depth. I mean, you can tell me that oh, well, Iggy and Iggy's not what he was three years ago. Uh, I mean, you're going to find these guys. I mean, I, I was looking and listening to uh, Bill Simmons and Rosella today. It's, they're just creating ideas who would come out. and uh, Obviously, the Nuggets are going to get rid of Paul Millsap is owed like $16 million. They're not going to pay him that. So you're going to get guys maybe like a Paul Millsap. Mm-hmm. That's, like, that's, your, that's your best bargain to maybe take a minimum to come over and play. But how many of those guys, like veteran minimum Richard Jeffords, are you going to get? Like you can't keep doing that every year. And plus, I know the Pelicans have to wait till July thirtieth. Do you see all this? You have to wait till July thirtieth to get uh, the extra almost ten mil in cap. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how all that works. But if they, the league's reporting and Woj is reporting that um, it's going to be completed by July six, which that only gives. Uh, the Lakers only like twenty three point seven million cap space, which that's not enough to go get a Kimba or a Kyrie. No, it's not. So. It's not. I mean, so, it, with the way the league's been now, I mean, you're lucky to get a Will Barton level player at eighteen million. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, good player, but you, eighteen million dollars any more in the NBA? I mean, that's you're not getting a top tier free agent with that type of money or twenty three million. However, you know. You're you you've got. I mean, you, you're going to be looking to spend more than thirty million to get a top top all star in the league to bring to mm-hmm. LA. So is that deals? If they have to wait that long, is that deals that they can work up prior to then, contingent upon it being July the thirtieth, or is that something where they're going to have to wait until that date and then people can get signed in that time? I think they have to convince the Pelicans to do it because, but which makes no sense because the Pelicans would lose four to five million dollars. Yeah, yeah. So it would make no sense unless this was something that they just worked out. Like, hey, we're going to give you the house 
as long as you wait on us because otherwise it looks really financially stupid Yeah, because you can't have a max player money. So I don't know. I guess there might have been a workout deal there. Who knows? There's enough crazy things going on with the clutch sports and all that stuff, so there might be a little help there. But I don't know. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. Pelicans to wait so they get rid of 4 or $5 million in cap space. But And as we've seen, know. the Pelicans are perfectly content on trolling the Lakers. So like yes. they, they don't really – they're not going to do anything to help the Lakers out. They're doing this deal purely to help the Pelicans because – you know, if you keep Anthony Davis, he's not coming back. So you look at all the look at the haul they ended up getting. I mean, you're looking at all of what they got. I mean, what three first round picks? Mm-hmm. Was that what it was? Three first round picks, and you get. I mean, Hart is a good, solid role playing young young player. Brandon Ingram, you know, he can be a secondary level scorer. And, yeah. You know, who knows what Lonzo Ball can be right now? I mean, he had. I don't know if he can get out of that circus of LA. Maybe maybe he might make something. I'm not real super high on Lonzo Ball, but I mean, we'll, we'll see what he can do when he's he gets a fresh breath away from the Lakers. So I think yeah. with the uh, with the trade, it also includes a contract with Big Baller Brand shoes for the whole team. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing. It's so, rumor mill. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty big, pretty big deal right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see what Lonzo looks like with with Zion and different guys and, and same with Ingram. I don't know if, you know, it's one of those who, who knows if these are all pieces that New Orleans and Griffin are going to move around and switch Ingram. Like it's who knows what Brandon Ingram is, if he's always healthy. And, but I'm really excited to see what ball looks like with these guys. Cause I just, that crazy mess of the Lakers. I just feel like well, maybe you get away with that dad too. I mean, God, that'd be great. Get away, you know, I, 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 I mean, Ball, we, we've established that he can't shoot. I mean, he's got to – he yeah. has to improve his jump shot. But, you know, with LeBron having the ball in his hands, having with the Lakers all the time. Like, LeBron, I mean, he's the ultimate playmaker. So, there, there's mm-hmm. – but Lonzo's not an off-the-ball guy. Like, Lonzo has to have the ball in his hands to, to make plays for others. And, you know, he, he is a great passer. And he was yeah. coming out of college. We haven't been able to see that a lot in the NBA. And I think with the Pelicans – you know, with their point guards more of a scoring role, like Drew Holiday. Um, you get to see Lonzo Ball kind of showcase what the way that he can pass because you sure as heck don't want him shooting jump shots. <laughs> no. <laughs> the pull up I kind of like it when he shoots them, though. It's a very entertaining. Going to hit rim. But the ball we like straight. It could be in the third row. I don't know. Well, how did he shoot that well at UCLA? He shot like 40% plus from three at UCLA. And I know the NBA lines moved back, but, I mean, you'd think that some of that would translate. He's just – he's been horrific from three since being yeah. in the NBA. Quick question. You you mentioned his dad, Nick. I was actually having this conversation with people earlier. How how much do you – he's uh, – the way the point guard works, going to stats. It's be like a weird year. He makes an all-star team, maybe two. Uh, it's kind of what I think he's going to be. Like he'll be a good, solid player, but which would be fine. I mean, it's not maybe the pick, the number two pick you want. But how much does his dad cause them to have too high of expectations, and he's going to be a bust no matter what, unless he becomes Hall of Famer? Y'all think that's a legit thing? I I don't know. I feel like he 
deep down inside, he has to have some sort of resentment for the way his dad acts and the way he's acted like such a Lakers homer. Like it's now it's time to see if he is truly about his son and his family or if he's truly about the Lakers. Like it's it's time to kind of just sit back and be a dad, I think, and keep your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he'll get out like when you're with the Lakers too, you're you're in the spotlight all the time. And now that he's with the Pelicans, I mean, how many Pelicans – I mean, now, now that Zion Williams is going to be there, they're probably going to be on TV a ton. But, I mean, other, other than that, like, maybe that will give him a chance to step back and just play ball. Like, I feel like he kind of got really big at UCLA. We didn't really know who LeVar Ball was when he was at UCLA, and it was all about Lonzo playing. And I think now, hopefully – we haven't heard a lot from LeVar Ball in the news here in the last year, thank God, a lot in the last year or so. And maybe, you know, it, this will be his chance to kind of make his new path and show that he actually can play because he's he's a talented player mm-hmm. um, when he doesn't shoot jump shots. But, you know, he's a talented player. <laughs> and he, he like you said, Chase, like he's going to stuff stats. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to get assists. Um, he's going to be a good player to pick up in your fantasy league because, yeah, you know, he's going to stuff those stat sheets. But – We'll see. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, he's if he gets guarded by our wonderful Hawks player Trey Young, um, he won't get any stats. But also, it's it's one of those that if he becomes a halfway decent scorer, then he's definitely going to make small star teams, and it's it's going to look nice, and they're going to be like, oh man, Pelicans won that trade. But we'll see. Is anybody ever going to say Lavar Ball was right? No, I would no, never. No. I would never. <laughs> Lonzo would have to become Jordan for that to happen. Nah, He's going down on that next year, huh? Jordan Bell, or yes, <laughs> <laughs> if he becomes as good a player as Jordan Bell, no. Uh, yeah, the little one's going down under. Yeah, yeah. Blam down under. That's all I had. Uh, who, who sings and, that? The pol- who, who sings that song? That was, is that the police? That was way before my time. I don't know who. Yeah. Uh, because it's my podcast and I can do what I want, I'm going to put in some <laughs> Hawks talk here. Um, speaking of trade, so some rumor mills going around, and this is going because Noah got the fourth pick um, out of this this trade for AD. There is talk about them moving that back and getting some extra picks or for some players. So I want to get y'all's thoughts on what would, uh, what do you think about the trade? Is it right or wrong? Do you think it'll even happen? Um, Hawks have the eight, 10 and 17th pick. So scenario one Hawks trade eight and 10 for Noah's four. So for like, who is look? Who's being considered at number four in most of these mocks? Yeah, like if you uh, look at who who you're going to get at four, is it re- is there really that big of a jump between four and eight? In my in, like in my opinion, I don't think there is. Like you've got the first three, which are kind of thought of as a tier ahead mm-hmm. of the of the rest. I mean, who are you looking at? Like DeAndre Hunter or you know somebody from like in that range at four or five or Culver or somebody like that. And like you know, the top three you got Zion, Morant, and Barrett, which are widely considered to be the three best players in the draft by a good margin. Or I mean, you you may have a chance. I know you've got Trey Young, but you could add a Kobe White. You can add 
somebody at the eight. The Bulls range. are getting Kobe White. That wouldn't be a bad spot for him, but not at but anyway, all. like I just don't see that there's that big of a gap when you can get two lottery pick level players at eight and ten. Like if there was somebody at four that you just absolutely loved and you just can't pass up, then maybe but I just don't see that there's that player past the first three guys that are going to be already gone by the time that New Orleans picks at four. Yeah. I think I kind of agree with that. And taking two of those second-tier players at 8-10, I think would have a higher payoff than getting just one that's still going to have a, a question mark over their head. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people are really high on Darius Garland. I, I guess that's just from pure out high, like high school stuff. And then he played, what, five, four or five games? At, at Vandy, I mean, I know he he filled it up. He he played really well when he was there his first four games. Yeah, but, but who um, were they playing? Like Pissant State, and like like seriously, it. Yeah, I mean, he's probably a really talented player, but we haven't seen it. Like, there's not enough tape on Darius Garland for me to to spend the number four overall pick on him. Yeah, when you can get another point, like. I mean, I might be a slightly biased about Kobe, Kobe <laughs> White, homer. maybe just slightly <laughs> of a bit of a homer with Kobe White, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I see all this Darius Garland talk about him going so high, and you know, he'll probably end up, you know, me saying that he'll probably end up being the next Kyrie Irving, but yeah, the way that I, my predictions go, but I just don't, I don't know about spending number four on him. It's a lot. It's a, it's a big gamble. I and, and I'm with you. Eight and ten. I, I look at it, I feel like four through 12, just all kind of guys like can play well, but has question marks, big question marks. I feel like everybody's in that category with them. So I, I don't really know why I would give it up, but I do know that, you know, they're the, they're the GMs for a reason. And I guess they, if they love somebody at four, which, which it could be Hunter or Colbert, uh, which I'm both of them I'm a little worried about, but I don't know. I, I think you keep those and take Seku and somebody else at the 10 and see what happens. But um, the next one, this is a three teamer trade. Uh, this is kind of, I guess it would work out more for how it fits with New Orleans. All right. So it'd be a three team trade Hawks, Rockets, New Orleans. Hawks would get the number four pick. The Rockets would get the number eight pick and Solomon Hill's expiring contract. And New Orleans gets Clint Capella and the number 10 pick. Crazy. Clint Man. Capella down, down in New Orleans. That would be a huge win for New Orleans. I mean, getting yeah. Capella, I know, uh, you know, with the fourth pick, you know, I, I Capella's a proven big guy, you know, and that that's something that they need too. They, you know, with especially with Anthony Davis coming, I know he's not the same um, perimeter player that Anthony Davis is, but you know, Clint Capella's a solid defensive center and mm-hmm. good pick and roll big, being catch and finish in traffic. So, yeah, Jerem, what do you what do you think about this craziness of a of a trade that uh, this was actually legit? legit thing that they're working on so i see that but again back to the hawks getting the number four pick i just don't see how that makes sense for them yeah um it obviously is paying off huge for um for new orleans um i don't know who you take at the number 10 pick um 
But uh, I, I don't think the Rockets taking Solomon Hill. Ugh. Could you go ahead and just expire that contract? <laughs> just make that be done. Just leave him off there. Just, I thought it said expired at first, and I was like, what? But, <laughs> so I don't know. I just that's a that's a, a stretch right there for me. And the again, the Hawks getting the number four pick. I just think they're they're better with scenario number one sitting back, getting those two picks, even though they may be question marks. You have two chances to hit a home run right there. So I, just, I don't like it. I'm yeah. not big on it. Yeah, me neither. But, uh, yeah, just want to get your thoughts on that because uh, those were just rumors floating around. Well, you didn't like Trey Young last year either, so. I sure did not. I remember sitting on Kurt's couch just heartbroken that we traded away Luca. We got a chance. He fell to What, us, you traded so away Luca? Never mind then, man. I, yeah. No. No, for, I mean, look, that would have been a big like, – Luca is, is a – baller he's he's amazing yeah but Trey Young had a fantastic rookie year so he you can be happy as I mean Hawks there was fan. actually a conversation to be had about both of them winning rookie of the year yeah certainly which um somebody go Nick <laughs> Nick you go go just geo like go like go now yeah <laughs> so <laughs> do you want me to like go into this monologue about hawks basketball right now is that what you're expecting if you're, if you're ready if you're ready to talk greatness i mean you go for it i mean you know I, I think with the likes of kent Bazemore and uh mike muscala i think <laughs> is muscala muscala. not there anymore muskie's, muskie's gone i think God. he he's uh, he's gonna he's gonna get maxed out somewhere like the clippers that's what i'm waiting for Muskie had a good run with us. Somebody's going to give him max. Is Kyle Corbin yeah. like who? Who plays the ball? <laughs> He's either at the Hawks or the Bulls. It's one of the two. He just bounced back and forth. As much as I like Torian, whenever we trade away him and we got uh, Aaron Crabby legs, that uh, we are not the ugliest team in the NBA anymore. Torian Prince really helps down. But it's good to know that we're not the ugliest team. Now Brooklyn will be. Well, whichever team so, has Duke players on it, that's the ugliest team in the league. So. That's the ugliest team. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm excited because with Trey, I know technically, stats wise, he had the worst defensive season of all time. But offensively, you have a guy that can get anybody the ball. And John Collins, I, I mean, he's gonna he could be a 20 and 10 guy for the next 10 years. So as long as he and never make an all star team, and never make an all star <laughs> team, we're gonna have a fantastic career. You wait, Nick Jones. You're gonna be eating those words. I'm gonna refer back to this. Chase, I love I love how you're a dreamer though. You you're so encouraging. I need to yeah. talk balls with you more. I'm always yeah. talking to these Oklahoma fans up here, getting all discouraged. <laughs> Man, if you want if you want some realism, some heartbreak, you stay up there. But if you want optimism, fake confidence. Irrational confidence, I should say. You come here, Derp. I can talk to you. GBO B4L, brother. <laughs> GBO, baby. Yeah, dude. Speaking of uh, some recruiting news, we had quite a few Vols recruits come into town this last week and weekend. Um, looks like you, outside of Ty Jordan, the running back that came to visit, you had to be at least six foot two sixty five to come in this weekend. Yes, there were some monsters. But only one – One. I'm looking here, only one offensive lineman. That's it. Got some, got some beefcakes coming into town. You got some defensive players, but – Yeah, this is the class of 2020 for everybody listening. It's uh, just had quite a big weekend. And I know they had some guys come visit individually last Monday and Tuesday maybe. 
a couple linebackers, a couple in-state guys that came to visit last week. Um, but typical stuff. Hear this, and I'm, I don't know Nick as well. Oklahoma guys, they actually probably commit on these trips. Yeah, that's true. But like <laughs> our guys, when you look out on the field, when we're playing teams like Alabama, we the size differential has for the last ten years has been just ridiculous. I mean, they're all huge. You got six five, two hundred and fifty pound linebackers that can move, and I'm starting to see some of these guys that we're recruiting, and I. It, I'm pretty fired up about it. I mean, if we're gonna get we'll get one of these dudes, surely, you know. But that's yeah. that's we're we're starting to be considered by these big time players and these like legitimately big players, like physically big players. I just hope they can mm-hmm. coach them up and convert that into some wins. Yeah, it's nice to add some beef on our side. Like you said, I feel like we look across, and I mean, Oklahoma's line last year weren't you guys bigger than any any nfl line uh that, I mean, that was i mean a couple of years ago they had that stat where they were their line i guess we averaged more like 15 pounds more than the dallas cowboys line but uh, this past year i yeah. mean it was a good size line i mean what four of the five players drafted in the first four rounds and then they had you know the center at oklahoma he's probably yeah. the best of the bunch but he's ineligible for the draft because he's too young but i mean that that's where you build championships, and especially yeah. in in that conference. As much as I hate giving the SEC any props whatsoever, that's where the SEC is deep, and that's where they're talented is on the front, as a defensive front, offensive front. That's where you see tons of players, especially on the defensive line. And yeah. if you don't have a solid offensive line, you you can't. I mean, you just can't win ball games. You're not gonna be able to run the ball. You're not gonna be able to protect the quarterback. So. That's a glaring thing. Like, I've watched a ton of Tennessee games over the years. I've probably watched every Tennessee game, give or take a few, over the last two or three years. And, I mean, you just get beat up front. You can't can't yeah. have that in that, that conference with such an overwhelmingly strong defensive front that you're facing most weeks in the league. Everything Everything starts with that. You can't run the defensive sets you want to run because your guys are getting beat up front, so you got to help them. You can't run – any kind of developmental play that takes a second to, to develop, you can't throw the ball downfield, and that just leads to struggles everywhere else. It clogs up the middle. Like, you mm-hmm. just look at the kind of year that, you know, Andrew Lux had over the last three or four – the last four or five years, and when he's been bad, it's been because he's been getting nailed. And when he's been good, it's because he's been protected, just like with Deshaun Watson this year. You give the guy some time, he can play. But he's yeah. running for his life a lot of the time. A lot. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're in Cheney's offense, you know running backs kind of thrive. I mean, I know it's a little different down in Georgia whenever you're pumping out five five stars, but um, we do have a solid running back core, and I think we will for a couple of years. Yeah. So with with those guys, man, it's they've had success with a subpar line. I'm gonna be nice about it. Subpar line the last two years. So imagine if we had some beef up front. You know, guys that can move and have a little bit more oomph to them, if yeah. you will. So it's going to be nice to have that and get some of these recruits in. And, uh, you know, we're, we're making headway. I really do. Like On the recruiting trail, getting some guys in that probably weren't going to give us looks in the last two or three years. So uh, I'm a little – it's it's one of those things. It's You're going to hear the same typical adjectives and phrases all week. Oh, it's the best place I've ever been to or – 
it was an unreal or unbelievable experience and exceeded never... my expectations is what I saw yes. one guy said. Yes. And uh pretty much anything you can throw on like a good, that's what she said at the end. You know? That's all the <laughs> adjectives you get. Um, so uh, I love that. That's um, funny you say that because my wife, I can hear her watching The Office in the background, and I'm sure that's been said during this podcast. <laughs> yes. God. I actually ran through a couple seasons of The Office two weekends ago. It was great. <laughs> Just oh, had it on the background. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. A um, little bit more uh, to roll off what we were talking about last week with Carrie Blackshear. Um, kind of the same news. I mean, nobody's ever going to sucked this weekend. He hated us. But good news out of there. Um, also, Brent Williams playing a role uh, in the recruiting. Actually, we're trying to give him some pointers on, hey, like this is the role you're going to be filling. This is what we do. How much do you think having, I mean, a true V4L legend helping us out in recruiting with somebody like Blackshear to fill his spot. Well, I think Grant Williams kind of feels bad, you know, for, for Rick Barnes. <laughs> He's kind of like, man, I, I left I left you guys, but I, I got to at least try to, to bring somebody in here to replace us. But, um, I mean, I, I mean, I think it plays somewhat of a role. I, I mean, I think these guys are I, – I, I really don't know. I don't buy into the fact that, you know, former players coming in and telling you how great it was and – I think guys like to experience things for themselves. And, you know, from, from what I've followed in recruiting, a lot of times when you read a report where this guy was, you know, former player was in this big time recruits ear. And it just, I don't know that it really plays that much of a difference. I think here, yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. Here's where I think it plays a role. If you've, you've got somebody coming in, if, if Blackshear was a freshman coming in, and he's watched Grant play, and, and he respects him, then I think it plays more of a bigger role. But I think in this situation, Blackshear, like it's probably cool to him, but he's trying to make his own identity here. He doesn't want to be Grant Williams 2.0. He wants to be Kerry Blackshear. Or the scenario where you have somebody that's that's local or, or that's a, a known fan of a team. Like if I was a 18-year-old kid that's getting talked to by the – back-to-back SEC player of the year, I'd be like, heck, yeah, that's that's good stuff. So mm-hmm. I think – He probably he could, views himself but, on the same level, too, right. as Grant I, Williams. I, I mean, could, yeah, he views could. himself that way. So, I don't know. Right, I think it could, and especially since they're the same age. It could have a role, but I, I think in this scenario, probably not a whole lot. Yeah. But I think I mean, it's maybe cool, just because I love Grant Williams. Yeah, yeah, just from a basketball standpoint, it might be – it honestly just might be – Hey, this is the kind of stuff you're going to be doing. You're going to be super involved. And that's I, I, I'm with you. I think Blackshear is one of those guys. Like, hey, I, I'm the number one real prospect here in the grad transfer world. That you know, he's he's. You have to think of yourself as a highly touted player. He probably thinks himself, I'm definitely going to the NBA. If you don't, I don't want you on my team, anyways. You know, I want you. I want that swag. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, yeah, U.S. Open. Did you, did you guys t- tune in yesterday and Saturday? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. I watched more on Saturday than I did on yesterday. But uh, yeah, it was the same here. I mean, you guys, your guys' uh, Ricky Fowler prediction kind of went <laughs> how it does every single time he's in the figure. So it does look like it that. Literally, yeah. it does, man. He he hops out and then he just <laughs> and you just don't even see him. You weren't even watching him on Sunday because he was teeing off at like 8 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
<laughs> it makes me feel so bad for him. It does, man. And then I see his attractive women, and I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> and then you see his mullet, and you're like, man, this guy's so cool. He's yeah. cool with a mullet. Let's go. No, he's a good yeah, guy. Dude. He's a great golfer. He just, you know, he he's one of those that's it's missed a lot of opportunities. And, you know, he'd like to have them all back, but he's he he's going to learn from it, and he'll break through one of these days. Yeah, I, I may have just killed will. his career right there, but, you know, he'll break through. <laughs> I do think it was – a pretty big display of the stones that Gary Woodland has with Brooks Kepa coming out and playing the round he did, breathing down his neck, just waiting Oof. for any moment for him to screw up. And he just played solid all day. And then he comes out and birdies 18 to just kind of polish it off. Like, it's pretty good stuff. It was, man. Like, he stayed – he just so consistent all weekend. Um, huge birdie putt there at the end. And, you know, just nice to – See him finish it out strong, and he's a good dude. Everybody, that's all everybody talked about. This everybody weekend. loves like, him. Just a good guy, and he's a baller. He's another. He and he and Finau need to go one on one, and I want to see them. An old Tommy, Tommy Finau, <laughs> Tommy Fien. Yeah, yeah. Germs, uh, Germs boy, Tommy Finau. <laughs> that would be Tony Gary, Finau. Gary Woodland said, "I changed over from basketball to golf whenever I was guarded by Kirk Heinrich." How many people has Kirk Heinrich taken out of the sport of basketball? Dude, I'm telling you. He's <laughs> who Steve Blake, somebody like that, probably. Yeah. Do we remember when he yeah. takes LeBron James out? What? Semi remember. Was it when he was with the Bulls? And he had the big thick Rex specs. Oh yes. And like he's about to get dumped on by LeBron and he just takes him out. It was a very classic me and the CPA. <laughs> like it may not be the best. But I'm not about to get jammed on. But you're going to be aggressive. wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. That big burly body's not letting anybody through the paint, baby. That was, it, was good. it was good stuff. It made, me, it made me a big – I named the fantasy team after him the next year as a result. Really? Out of sheer, sheer respect. Yep. That's respect, dude. Yep. I mean – It was – Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just thinking, say, speaking of respect, Brooks Kepka. I mean, I know, made a heck of a push yesterday. Um, actually, on the weekend, really, and this guy, no, he didn't win, but what a freaking run he's had in these last majors! Uh, it's been like what first, it's unbelievable first thirty ninth, first, or second, first, second, crazy. Yeah, I found and myself the- pulling from him yet, pulling for him yesterday, like just wanting wanting to see him do three in a row i mean i just want him to go three and three in a row it's it's just an incredible feat at the u.s open which is viewed as the hardest major of all the of all Mm -hmm. and i mean he's he's just and he's like it's like he's unflappable and if it weren't for gary woodland having a great round like he it wasn't because brooks choked this time it was because woodland was just was just as good so exactly and that's the kind of golf you want to watch you want to watch people go out and win it you don't want to watch them choke it away like dustin johnson did there a couple years back don't know but no also learning this week that brooks kepka does all this and he doesn't drink coffee yeah like what kind of freak is wired that way you're talking to one right now you're talking to one he's never had he's never Right, yeah, it's bean water. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna knock on him for not liking hot bean water, dude. I don't know, like, the role it plays in my life. I gotta have my coffee, I gotta have my Starbucks. You can get that same caffeine from other sources, my friend. I can, dude. but the coffee is just it warms my it's soul. Not good. Don't it's, act it's like it's delicious, good. it's so yes. good, dude. Our boy Nick Van Exel was 
legit mad at people, pissed on people at Twitter because he didn't know about iced coffee. He's like, I've never had this before. So that's just taking something that's bad and making it worse. No, dude. You're just a hater, bro. Dude, cold brew got me through Vegas, man. My Starbucks cold brew downstairs. That's the one constant in Vegas. Started every morning with a cup of coffee, just like I do at home. I started with a couple hands of blackjack and a (laughs) some sort of mediocre breakfast sandwich (laughs) (laughs) and some inhaled cigarette smoke from. Oh yeah. Fresh oxygen, baby. You had like the uh, the premium. It was like a Taco Bell Crunch wrap, but it was like the little bistro. So I like, I I really think I ordered a Crunch wrap when I ordered that thing, and I did not get to eat it until we literally walked about a mile before it was cool enough to where I could eat it without burning my mouth. And it still tore the skin off your. It did. It lit yeah. me up, man. But it was good. <laughs> it's delicious. But I wish I would have bet like back then. I would. I wish I would have put money on Gary Woodland because I told you guys I knew all along that Gary was going to win. <laughs> that is right. The pump fake pod. You would have heard it if we if we'd have got it out. Nick yes. said it. No, actually, actually, I didn't say. Gary. I don't remember if I said Louis no. Easton or Adam Louis Scott. Louis Easton. You said Adam Scott. Oh man. Uh, also, I felt bad for Justin Rose having a terrible round on Sunday and being the final group and just having to like get that courtesy putt after Woodland. <laughs> but you know what like, he oh. did? Like, he, he was making so many putts. He hit the ball bad all week. And he just made so many putts, it really didn't matter. He just stopped making them on Sunday. He still yeah. kept hitting the ball bad. <laughs> he, <laughs> he just wasn't making anything. Dude, Pebble Beach always wins. It always comes back to get you. But also, it was good to see Tiger finish well for once. <clears throat> yeah. I, we we went out and we started playing, I guess, when I, last I saw Tiger, it was uh, – Plus three, and I was thinking, oh, man, here we go. Can't wait for the – he's done, you know? Yeah. But I'm glad he got his little rally and everybody's back to even kill exactly. for him. So. Oh, boys, I appreciate it again. Thanks for coming on. Hey, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's been somebody... so long since we've been on. Uh, it's... I know. <laughs> if it comes next Tuesday, you need somebody else with three hours notice, just let us know, man. We'll do it. I'll holler at you, boys. You guys are always going to be the fillings down. I love it. We okay. appreciate it. Thanks for the consideration. Thanks to Chat Sports for having yeah, us on again. Sports. Thanks for letting yeah. us be on here, for sure. We got it. Well, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, we'll holler at you later. Thank you for listening. Have a good one. Peace. Right. Yeah. Thank you guys so much again. Had a blast today with my co-host, Nick and Jerem. Um, special thanks to them for joining me again this week. Uh, Trey and Kurt will be back on the next pod. We appreciate everything they do. I know that he's got some, uh, got some live things going on, so we're taken care of um, per usual. Like, subscribe, five-star rating us, please. We need you. We want you. Those daggum iTunes algorithms, we got to have all the ratings we can get. You can comment. Say something nice. Tell me how much you love us. So have a good one, guys. Appreciate you. Know you.